When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I get to chat with Sean Floatman, a.k.a. Dabs Wellington, about the upcoming competition being held at American Welding Academy. The competition is for high school students, and it's being held February 3rd, with each student receiving a scholarship and a full ride for the lucky winner. Sean talks about his outreach work, driving around, introducing high school students to TIG welding, trying to inspire them to get into the trade. He also goes into a bit about TIG artwork, how to pull color on stainless steel, and then he gives me some pointers on welding thin stainless steel. So mark your calendars because you need to register for the competition by January 18th over at awaweld.com. We dive in after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop-start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and what you do? My name is Sean Floatman. Most people here would know me as Dabs Wellington but it really just depends if they've met me professionally or personally. Any more of the two get quite convoluted. Either one I will answer to, and both of them, you're going to get pretty close to the same damn response. Just one might be a little more snarky than the other, depending on who I'm actually representing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you see me as Fabtech, you never know who you're going to get. Yeah, (laughs) if if you're catching me out like that, you're going to you're going to get full blown dabs. But if I'm (laughs) representing the school, I'm a lot more a lot more buttoned up. That's the professional side of things. But you can have your cake and eat it, too. I get to play both sides of the coin here. And you've been out and about quite a bit. And do you want to tell people what you've been promoting and building up to? Absolutely. I travel year-round, basically, for American Welding Academy. We are a post-secondary fabrication and pipe welding school. The bulk of my duties, when I'm not promoting for the welding competition, would be going out and doing student outreach. Typically, during the when school is in session, high school is in session, uh, I'm going to area career centers. I'm going to local FFA programs, things of that nature. Uh, and I'm trying to recruit, obviously, is the number one thing, but then also spread awareness. So a lot of the programs I go to, they stick well. They oxy-fuel well. They get the very basics out of the way. So I like to come in. 
I set up the TIG welder because most students at the high school level don't get a lot of opportunity to get that deep into things. They get mm-hmm. to basically dip their toe into the waters of welding. So I like to come by, take over the classroom for a whole day. And that gives me about five to 10 minutes per student to actually get under the hood, walk them through consumables, basic setups, and actually be that first person that has ever sat down and TIG welded with them. I know for myself personally, that individual in my life was Jay March. I'll never forget that man. He is the entire reason I'm a welder. So if I could be that olive branch, extend my desires, letting these kids know that this is something I fell into, I find that there's a lot of students out there that are far more interested in welding than they have any idea. So it's just getting the right information, the right tools in the right setting in front of these people. And turns out a lot of people like working with their hands more than people have led them to believe. Well, there's just like not as many opportunities for people to do it these days, unless working with your hands is on a computer. There's a lot more opportunity. It's just people are constantly being pushed away from it when a lot of us are naturally gifted at working with our hands. If you've ever been told to sit still or shut up in class, chances are you'd fit a lot better (laughs) doing something outside of the classroom. And welding just happens to be the thing that I love that gravitates towards students that learn better outside of the classroom. There's endless opportunities in any different trades. It just so happens that this one particular holds a special place in my heart. That is why I travel. And that is exactly what I'm up to. That's why you don't see me uh, on Instagram and TikTok nearly as much because I'm typically working with, with high school students anywhere in the Midwest. I've been as far east as I'm almost out of Kentucky on the east side. I've been to the west point of Kansas, as north as Iowa and as far south as Arkansas. Uh, and our, our territory is growing exponentially because our certifications, they're recognized nationwide. So as soon as a student gets an education, we can place them just about anywhere. It's pretty That's incredible pretty awesome. to see what gives me the biggest jollies here is most of these students leave our school earning what I left my last job for. And I've been doing this longer than most of our students have been alive. So if they can take a 20-year shortcut, it's a pretty awesome opportunity I'm really looking for kids out there that didn't pay attention and didn't listen like I did when I was their age. Yep. yep. I would have been one of those kids too. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I found out about it by happenstance, luck, whatever you'll call it. So I get the opportunity to remind students that there are other ways to put food on the table than spending another two to four years in a classroom learning the exact same style and way that they had all through high school. Exactly. And But going to welding school, there's a bunch of different places out there that you could go, but something going on at yours is a competition to actually give away a scholarship. What is the prize for this competition? The main prize would be full tuition, half tuition, or a quarter tuition to any of the programs. That would be a a scholarship that needs to be used the next calendar year. But any student that were to place And first, second, or third would get those respective either full, half, or quarter-ride tuition. And then every student that happens to come out and compete, they don't even have to finish, just all that are paid and registered, start their work piece. Everyone earns a $1,000 scholarship just for making the trip out that day. It's our way of bribing people to come see our school. Most schools in the country have these competitions this spring. I don't just encourage people to come to ours. I fully understand that there are multiple options, not only in this state of Missouri, but in the great country, there are lots of welding schools. That does nothing but make students' decisions 
a little tougher, but finding the perfect fit is now that much easier. So I suggest that students do their research, find the school that is perfect for them. February 3rd in Union, Missouri at American Welding Academy is their opportunity to see what we have to offer in comparison to the others. I want people to be armed with all of the information and make a decision on the school that is perfect for them. Not just the the location, not just the duration, not just the instructors, but everything is a cohesive whole. If we're going to make this decision, our school is a six-month program. That is a lot of time that you're dedicating, and there's a lot of cost that comes with that as well. I want to make sure that these students fully understand uh, what they're getting themselves into. By making that trip, especially on the third, at least we can send them back with a scholarship. The ones that come out and win, they don't have anything to worry about. Uh, but at least, <laughs> at least this way on the third, they can come out and meet the instructors, tour the facility, tour our available housing. That way there's nothing left to chance. You completely understand 100% what we offer if you decide to sign up and take classes with us at any point for the next year. So you can cross a lot of things off the list just by coming out to one of these competitions. And then the bonus there is, this is a... A big day, uh, a lot like the test days after you graduate. So if you go to three or four competitions this year, not only will you find the perfect school for you, but you're getting used to that whole rigmarole of performing under pressure yeah. uh, without affecting your your overall work at the end of it. And 960 hours from now, at the end of this 24-week program, that's the exact skill set that we're trying to manifest. So start that work now before we even enroll the school by doing your due diligence finding the school that is perfect for you. That is a good thing not many people even know is possible. Like it's hard to find a welding school in general, but also what like what you're saying is let me find the best school for me. Yeah. A quick Google search and you'll start to find a list of a number of them around the country, but you need to do your research because yeah. the welding industry is very vast. There are a lot of things that go into schools. How often do they start classes? What is their retention rate? What is their certification? A lot of kids are getting into two and four year colleges that don't even understand that there's a difference between a certification and an actual welder qualification. So it's you're putting your name on a piece of paper without fully understanding what it offers on the end side. What can you hold in your hand and prove to people what you got at the yeah. end of this program? <laughs> are they industry standards? Is it just a piece of paper that said you welded for 480 hours? There needs to be some proof in the puddling from the work that you put in here straight up. And that is why we lean on AWS and ASME recognized certifications, because those are the, the industry standards. I like what you did there. I spent a lot of I, I time this year talking about these things. So you're going to have to notice <laughs> I squeeze a couple little clever things in there from time to time. I loved it, man. That was I've never heard that one before. I talk but, to 14 and 15 year olds most of the week. So it's got to be clever or they tune out pretty quickly. Well, speaking of talking to the younger generation for a majority of your time, what are some of the biggest mistakes or like common questions you get from people learning about welding? The most common mistake would be that people are afraid to make mistakes. People just assume that you start welding and you're good at it. That's yeah, not and how if, you're, if you're not good, you're not supposed to be a welder. My biggest mistake early on would be telling people to adopt a different mentality embrace failure and embrace mistakes. If you're going to school, that is where these mistakes need to live and die. So the more of them that we can make while we're there, the less we will bring along with us. So if you're going to a school, you should fail for five months and 29 days. That way, every failure possible, you have 
overcome before you leave that place. So that would be the biggest mistake, embracing failure. If you're going to be a welder, you're going to have to learn how to overcome failure because take our program. We offer, what is it, nine qualifications in six months. Unless you're earning one of those every day, the only thing you did that day is basically fail. So what did you learn from that failure? What can we take day in and day out to where when it does come time to succeed, that we've learned enough from those failures to make sure that is the only tangible outcome left for us is success. When you're talking to high school students, like outside of failure, what are some of the other kind of misconceptions you see time and time again? Misconceptions just would be that there's only one or two things to do in the welding industry. Everyone says, I either want to weld underwater or I want to be in the oil pipeline. Yeah, yep. that's it. Those apparently are the only two that's... things uh, that are available to work on. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I believe I understand why people are gravitating towards those. High risk, high reward. Yep. People just see uh, the number attached at the other end of both of those, which I understand those are big numbers. But there is a, a vast amount of opportunity out there. And... Not everyone is going to be an underwater welder. Not yeah. everyone is going to be an oil pipeline welder. And that isn't just because of skill alone. Once students realize what it takes to become an underwater welder, 80% of them are going to be, be out of it anyway before they put the work in. <laughs> and the then with oil pipeline. There's a reason that the pay is so high for these jobs because 99% of people don't want to do it or don't have what it takes. By spending time in a school, you'll start to figure out the rigors and exactly what it takes to get to those points. But there are a number of points. If we only go halfway through a program, that's why we're hung up at structural and sheet metal certifications. The longer we work at any of this, the better we're going to get and the more difficult all of the things we're working on. So it's riding an elevator to the penthouse here. We can get off at any point, but if you want to go all the way to the top, it's going to take an awful lot of work. So it just depends how far do you want to take this and how hard are you willing to work and how many failures can you stare at the face until we, we get everything right? Because if you want to be that oil pipeline guy, that, that underwater guy, that means that we're going to have to be able to do all of this. And then and really well. how much nitrogen to mix in with the oxygen we're breathing on top of all of those things. But there is an abundance of money available if we don't even go all the way to the penthouse. We need students to just realize that they like playing with fire. <laughs> and then spend some time under the hood to slowly start to figure out exactly where to land and where it's going to be the most fruitful for each of them as individuals. Yeah. What you want and what you're capable of, we have to make sure that both of those are the same exact thing. Otherwise, you could be working towards something that you'll ultimately not love. In fact, we had two of our most talented students. They took first and second place last year at our competition. So these young men could have gone anywhere. You start with the best stock. It's only going to get better from there. These students for six months said that they wanted to be boiler house welders. We were able to place them in a shutdown before they graduated. So they kind of, they came back risk-free and they said, that's not for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they both decided to test into the pipe welders union instead. For six months, that was all they talked about. And once they got there, they realized that wasn't the speed or what they signed up for. So they had the certifications necessary to, to pivot at that point. What, what you've got built up in your mind is a dream until we put in the work may not exactly line up with what you ultimately want to do uh, by earning qualifications in the process. Like I said, it makes these pivots, whether it be immediately 
five years or 10 years down the road, we can switch commitments or pivot uh, at some point down our career if we ever want to change speed five, 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah, that's I, that is a very important thing is I know when I was going through school, I was really frustrated with trying to figure out what I wanted to do with welding. I was like you were saying, there was only oil and gas or underwater welding. I, in my mind, it was manufacturing, it was structural, or it was pipe work. Those are the three big ones. I talk about it all the time on here, but I love, I've loved learning all the different directions you can go with welding. Like you can do art, you can go work on airplanes, spaceships, you can work on cars, you can work on microchips. Like there's all kinds of different types of welding out there these days. And I feel like it's just really hard to get people to understand all there is because all they've ever really seen has been these oil and gas or you're underwater. Those are the ones that have the best PR teams, man. I don't know who's Every running their campaigns. <laughs> Every packaged food, everything at some point. The company that I worked for before the school, all we did was build machinery that wrapped food goods. Anything that comes wrapped in plastic. For 10 years, I built machinery that did just that. And we employed yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people. That company owned hundreds of companies across this across the country. That's all these different companies do. And that's just in food production. I understand that a lot of people wouldn't want to do that early in their career, but if you've traveled and made your money, it is a great area of the industry to settle down into once you're a little older because stainless steel requires air-conditioned shops. You know, that that last job was <laughs> pretty decent pay for a climate-controlled building that I rolled around in a desk chair all day at. These are great places to go when you're done traveling and making all this money. And while kids are traveling, they can continue to specialize and learn things on the road. That is one of the most valuable things about getting on the road is learning the things out there that we don't teach at school. Specialization yeah. is something that it, it doesn't do us any good to specialize you in one area of the industry. But once you get out there, learn everything you can. It takes 10,000 hours to master any process. We supply students with far more information than they can retain and regurgitate in a six-month period. They're yeah. going to continue to gain in skill because that stuff's just floating around in their noodle until they they possess the skill necessary to work through it. The learning will continue hopefully forever until your hands start to shake or until you get a pacemaker. Welding is something that we'll get better at until you no longer want to. Well, and even if you no longer want to weld, there's so many jobs outside of welding in the industry that are desperate for people too. It's just like there's sales, there's research and development, there's product testing. Consultation. Yeah. There's a million different ways that what you have up here is just as valuable as what you possess here if you've been in the industry for, for long enough. I mean, and look it, at me. All I'm doing is talking about it for the most part anymore. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I talk about it all the time. I think it's ridiculous, too. Yep. But, so considering so outside of your teaching and working with the school, you're very popular online for your artwork. And I'm sure that there's a ton of people like at schools and stuff that always ask you a lot of the same questions about when you're doing TIG artwork. Like mm -hmm. what are one of mine that I see is one. So if my TIG welds are gray, what would you recommend? If your TIG welds are turning gray, you've oxidized that weld too quickly. So you've exposed it to oxygen prematurely. So you either have too small of cup, too low of flow rate, or what I see a lot of times is 
you're yanking that cup away or we don't have a long enough post flow. So somehow, some way, we're not supplying enough gas to that puddle until it comes back down to below four or 500 degrees, something like that. That is, that's really the, the main thing that's going to cause that. What is your average flow rate if you're using a number eight cup? I would typically be using something a lot larger than an eight cup. An eight cup would probably be something like 15 to 20. I'm typically using something be 16 to 20, maybe 22. So usually I'm using Furic consumables. I prefer the BBW. The SS BBW is honestly a little too big. If you're trying to pull color, you've almost got to go too slow. So I, I find the BBW works best and I'm going a lot slower than most people think. Really? I think that's another thing in the welding industry that I've seen as coming from a student side, like seeing all this stuff on Instagram and seeing everything on the internet and just being like watching it over and over again. And it's like a lot of stuff, people speed it up just because it takes so long to get. Well, yeah, to most of my videos would be anywhere from 12 to 16 times sped up because you would not want to watch it. It's yeah. very meticulous, very boring, but that's what it takes to get the images coming out the way they do. Who taught you? Like, where did you learn the art side? I saw years and years ago, his name on Instagram would have been Aaron Nexus. He did a Celtic knot of some sort. Yeah, that would have been seven or eight years ago. And I popped into his inbox, shot up, I slid into them DMs, and I started asking him some questions. The exact same thing I did as soon as I got on Instagram with everyone that could do something that I couldn't. At the time, let's see, it was Scott Robbie. I think he was still running weld porn or doing something like that. I reached out to him a bunch. I reached out to Aaron Nexus and that's welder assassin. Josh Welton at the time was doing some, gosh, those would have been demon and some other Dodge artwork and stuff like that. So I just started, I started asking questions to people that knew more about the subject than I did. And eight years later, now people are asking me all the questions. So it's, it's funny how things work out like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't start asking questions unless you're That's looking to answer some down it's, the road. It's, you'll open Pandora's box if you're it's not It's a sure. double-edged sword. That's right. <laughs> I want to just one circle back. We have a competition coming up. What are all of, what are all the details people need to know? Okay. So if we want to get down to brass tacks for the competition. It is our fifth annual high school seniors stick welding competition at American Welding Academy located at 3 Progress Parkway in Union, Missouri. It will be 7018, possibly some 6010. It will be designed to let high school students, uh, seniors, showcase what they learned at the high school level. There won't be any surprises, uh, nothing crazy. It should be uh, some weaves, a set of stringers, probably a piece of pipe to plate. Just give us something to judge for to where we can differentiate between the close to 200 students we'll have out there and pick which one comes out on top. Registration will begin at 7 a.m. that day. We will have multiple flights of students. We're going to have a number of different sponsors out there. If you've got a second, I'll read a handful of these off. Uh, we've, got, we've got Furic, Weldborn, Blue Demon, Fronius, Outlaw Leather, Walter, the American Welding Society, Everlast, Weld Metals Online, Up and Smoke, BT Creative, uh, Black Stallion, CK Worldwide, Delta Gas, Fast Cut CNC, Outlaw Leather. We've got a number of people out there donating machines, goods, prizes. We just want to make sure that everyone walks away with a, a little something uh, and has a good time. And hopefully, even whether or not they choose us, at least has more information about the welding industry, the certification process, and all things 
welding than they did before they showed up that day. That's awesome, man. That's crazy. That's a big list of sponsors and that's well, awesome. Luckily, there, there are a lot of people, not just yourself and I, there are a lot of people in this industry that see the value of getting more people into it. We're all aging out of this. And unless there are some young blood to, to pick up these leads, it's going to be left up to the robots, man. And we can't have that. No, man. Nope. The robots, they don't, ha- they just don't have the same kind of humor, you know? There's no personality. <laughs> I cannot cut a joke with ones and zeros, man. I was thinking about asking you your advice on stainless, like getting color on stainless, but uh-huh. I think a cooler question would be, so if you, if you could put yourself in shoes of somebody going to compete in this competition, how would you prepare to come and compete? The preparation, a lot of it would have already been taking place, but I would come out and uh, aim to have fun. You're going to be nervous. If I had one bit of advice, take a nice deep breath and really read that print. Half the kids that were disqualified last year didn't follow the print or the order of operations. It does not matter if you're the quickest guy in the job site. If it's backwards, it is just the fastest guy to get it wrong. (laughs) And from personal experience alone, I suffer from hyperactivity or ADHD, whatever you want to call it. That is a problem that I have to work on. I need to really pay attention to my prints. Otherwise, I'm going to be five steps into it and it's going to be wrong. Take a breath, make sure it's right before you start welding and then give it hell. It's supposed to be a fun day. So come out, enjoy yourselves and hopefully you'll make that podium spot. That's great advice. I like that one. Like, <laughs> I used to love when teachers would, they would give you a test or something. And they're like, read all the directions before you start. And then you go and read all the questions. And the last one is, put your name on this and turn it in. It's, and don't answer any questions as yep. the last one. So prepare. Like you got to read read all the questions before you try to take the test. Don't, so. don't get the card out in front of the horse here. <laughs> and then just for a little extra fun. If I were to ask you your best advice for getting color on stainless steel, what would Uh it be? Okay. So run one to where you can get it gold. That's way too fast. That's perfect. Okay. That's what we need in the shop. All right. If we're looking for color, make sure that you've got your gas up where you want it. If we're welding on, if we're welding on 12 gauge material, set it to 120 amps and then run stringers at a travel speed until you get it to come out purple or blue. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, Just keep slowing down until you get the color where you want it. And then we need to match that. Dang. It's going to be a lot slower than you guys think. Really, when I'm tacking this down to that heat sink, I'm able to pull it color because I'm heating up what's below that material more than the surface to where... If we pull away from that weld immediately, that surface is still too hot. But now that I've got that heat below it, that's how I'm getting purples and blues without getting full oxidation. So I'm cheating the system by having that backer behind it and holding a little extra heat. So slow down, have a little fun with it. But most people are just going too quick. Interesting. Because I'm thinking also a big thing that people are concerned about is getting stainless too hot and sugaring it. If you have your amperage set right, that puddle's not going to go anywhere. It's like you're welding on something that's an inch thick. So if you're at 80 amps, if I've got that stainless steel tacked down to that piece properly, when you weld on titanium, if you've got your amperage set, it absorbs and holds that heat forever. You don't ever have to move. This stainless should almost act exactly the same way because it's like we're welding on something an inch thick now. So that puddle really isn't going to go anywhere. If it's still growing, 
That means our amperage is too high for our material thickness. So everything here has to be set perfectly. That's the other problem. (laughs) Yeah, that's well, as far as if you didn't have a sink plate behind it, if I didn't, Uh if you didn't have that heat sink, it would totally change what you do. Correct. Because that workpiece is going to completely waffle up. And once we have oxygen getting in behind it, that yeah. changes every variable 100%. Okay. Yeah. See, because that's... Oxygen I think, is not your friend. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's something with when people see like TIG art or things like that online, like they don't realize the purging aspect of like pipe welding and all that kind of stuff. Do you ever use an argon block? An argon block behind it? If we were just uh, gassing behind it, it would keep the back of it colorless, but it's not going to absorb any of that heat. So it'd still burn through. Yeah. So we would have excess penetration that looked really nice and clean, but it's not going to keep it. That puddle's either going to get wider or deeper unless we've got something behind it. That's just physics. <laughs> yeah, no. Because I that just how I've... joules and <laughs> absorption of energy work. It's going to go somewhere. So unless we've got something physically behind it to keep that from happening... No amount of argon is going to do it without the help of some physical contact. Some contact. Because <laughs> I'm about to do this. I got a, a little kit off of Amazon because I got an Amazon gift card. And I was like, what am I going to get? I'm going to get I'm going to get a little puzzle to put together. And it, it's a stainless steel deer head. I know exactly all, where you got it from. I'm, uh, I had somebody message me the link for it the other day. Yeah. So I got it. And it is so thin. Like, it is very thin. Like, I think we're probably 20 gauge. Like, I'm not used to, I'm used to like quarter inch Uh is most, quarter or eighth inch is a pretty average what I weld. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of it. And I'm trying to think of like how to go about it. What would your recommended settings be for something that small if you're just doing fusion welding? If I was doing something very thin gauge, I'd cheat. I'd put something behind it. <laughs> no, but it's it, that's the tricky part about it is there's, it's like a polygon. So, yep. so the saving grace there would be tack everything out on your nice little pointy corners. That way all those points will meld together nicely. I would really prep my material nice and clean uh, and then hope that I could whole swell the outside of that or something. That's that will plan. be the nice thing that will be a lot of corner on corner, easy to get to. But yeah, 22 gauge, 20 gauge, 18 gauge, thin material, it just, there's nowhere for the heat to go. So it's going to vaporize real quick if you're not moving. Yeah. So it's just quick little guys. Focus focus your arc on the wire, not the base material. Yeah. That's going to be. Like welding razor blades. Yeah. I'm going to, I feel like it is not going to be perfect, but I'm excited for it. It's going to be a challenge. But that's, have you ever used solar flex? Or uh, solar, solar flux. Is that the stuff that you, for sharpening tungs- tungsten? No, it's, so it's supposedly, in, in theory, you paint it on the back. So if you're doing like exhaust, oh, you so can like paint it. Oh, it's like heat caulk. Yeah. Okay. But, you, yeah. but it provides like a backing shielding, like for the back of stainless. So it doesn't. No, hurt. I have used, I don't, I, I grew up, the shops I welded in were a lot of backwoods redneck shops. So we just called it heat caulk. It looked like uh, mud. <laughs> that came out of a caulk gun, but we used it for stainless steel countertops. Yeah. And you would just run it along your weld seam and it would help absorb excess heat and stuff like that. It was really messy. Oh, nice. but I don't know if I'll use that. <laughs> Wiped off like baby poop. Just it, and I'm about the same color. So it worked, but it was just nasty stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe I won't use that. I don't know. Because <laughs> I was thinking about putting it on the seams on the backside, but maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but I really appreciate you telling everybody about your competition and the scholarship. And I think that is something amazing for people to utilize if they want to get into the welding industry. Another question I had about the competition, is it going to be multiple positions as well? Are you going to have vertical oh, yes. ups, overheads? Yes, it will. The, the workpiece will have to be welded in position. That is one of the rigors of pipe welding. It will have to be welded in the position that the drawing is provided. They can tack it, but once they start the welding, it has to stay in that exact position from start to finish. That is definitely one of the ways that they will get DQ'd by one of our one of our judges. Uh, that is the other good thing. We have got judges that are in no way, shape, or form involved with the school coming out that are CWIs. It is a complete third party as far as that goes. That's awesome. I'll get to find out just as soon as the students do. Oh, cool. That is that is a good little tidbit to know. Yeah, it's we're, not we're biased. We're locked out of the testing room altogether. I don't even get to sneak up and down the aisles and get video the day of just to where there is 100% zero shenanigans whatsoever. Dang. That's awesome, man. I really do think this is a was last year the first time you did this or was it No, this will be our this will be our fifth annual, my oh, fourth dang. one now. Gonna be our biggest, gonna be our best one yet. And yes, uh, I say just I'm getting beyond excited because I've been working my entire year. I know this was before you hit record earlier, but I mean I'm not kidding. I will start planning for next year's on uh February fourth. You know, the day after this one, we start gearing up for the next one. That's hardcore, man. As far as like food. Do people need to pack lunches or are there oh, vendors? No. Uh, the Sheet Metal Union is going to be out there taking care of food and drinks. Delta Gas helped pay for food and or drinks as well. So we take care of all the food. Everyone that signed up gets a t-shirt, gets their scholarship. And then we have got, let's see, 1st through 10th, we'll all get trophies. 1st through 20th, we'll all be recognized uh, up front at the day of the event. We'll have prizes as well for 1st through 10th. And not just the scholarships, but all of our sponsors will help with prizes. And then we are raffling off a MK200 from CK Worldwide as part of our, we had a student pass away. So we've got the David Memorial Fund that we'll be raising money for this year. Um, and then we'll have just lots of other giveaways, door prizes and things like that. It is just, it's our big party of the year to where everyone can uh, come celebrate with us. It's awesome that you have People bringing that food, man. That's one of my first questions. Well, these welders are ready to eat, so. <laughs> <laughs> what are the rules? Like, do, what's the age range you have to be? You said seniors, but. They have to technically be a high school senior. Okay. And it's yeah. from anywhere. It's not just from, like, your state. Oh, no, it is. Uh, we've got students coming from Kentucky, Arkansas, Indiana, Missouri, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Um I'm not sure if our California kid that's coming out, if he's going to make it or not, but it is it is a nationwide competition. Uh, just obviously, you know, the bulk of them are coming from the Midwest area because that is where uh, I do the the bulk of my traveling. Putting in those miles, man. That's Putting right. In those that's miles. Right. <laughs> I really appreciate you. And how can people find out more information about it? They can reach out to American Welding Academy on any of the socials, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. They can email me directly, Sean, that's S-E-A-N at A-W-A-Weld.com. They can look us up, American Welding Academy on Google. 
or anywhere in between. Message your boy Dabs. I can fix you up with anything you need uh, personally or professionally at the school. So all roads will eventually lead back to AWA if you get a hold of me. Perfect. And one last one I forgot. I'm going to put this back in that last yeah, section ahead. too. What do I need to bring? Is there any, what do I need to bring to this competition? They will need, they will need their hood. They will need to have a good pair of boots on. We will provide the stinger. They were, they're going to need their, their chip and hammer, wire brush and things like that. So come prepared and ready to work. Cool. So just so if you were showing up for a day yeah. class, show up with that. These students should, these students should have their stuff already. So bring your creature comforts. That way you feel just like you do in your booth at home. Perfect. Bring your good luck charms, whatever you bring to school with you, bring that way we're ready to rock and roll and you feel comfortable in that booth and make it your home for that flight. And like I said, then we'll see you up on that podium. Perfect. If you are out there and you want to get involved or you want to compete, you still got time. When does the registration cut off? Registration deadline is January 18th. So we're getting close, but there is plenty of time. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Sean, for coming on the show. If anyone has any questions about the competition or welding in general, make sure you reach out to Sean. He's a great guy, and I'm sure he'd be happy to help you out. I also want to thank Lincoln Electric for sponsoring the show and helping us all learn about the different pathways available in the welding industry. If you have a topic that you'd like me to cover on the show or you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me on the Weld app at BowDidIt or shoot me an email to boww at weld.com. If you have a question that you need help with, drop it in the Weld app and it might just end up in one of our videos over on YouTube. But if not, there's still a ton of people in the app happy to help out. I hope everyone's having a great start to the year and until next week, we'll see you out there.